So first, the public service announcement, because there's sometimes it's beautiful, we celebrate this Feast of All Saints Day on November 1st, but on all, tomorrow, November 2nd, we celebrate all, what? All Souls Day. So today we honor those who have gone before us, we, we celebrate them, we ask for their intercession, we remind ourselves that we are called to imitate them. Tomorrow, we actually begin like a lot of days, I think like eight, eight days, of just the whole church remembering our own death, but also praying for those who have died and gone before us, who are not necessarily canonized in heaven, but we continue to pray for the dead. So it's common to visit the cemetery, spend some time in prayer for them. Um, you can read about the plenary indulgence that you can gain for them, I think one each day if you'd like to, uh, for about eight days. We'll switch to purple for a little while, because we all like LSU colors. But um, we honor the, the dead. Say we celebrate those who were canonized as like really their lives were heroic examples of love for God above all things and love for neighbor. I remember when John Paul II, Pope John Paul II died, like he, everyone in Italy, like Santo Subito, like canonize him like now. Like it was so obvious that he's lived a life that had changed the world, changed everyone around him. And there's so many like that who've gone before us and their lives are models, whether they're priests, religious, parents, lay people, whatever, there are many saints that we honor today, but sometimes we can get in our heads the idea that to be a saint, like those people who were up there, like they were just perfect. They never struggled, living a life of grace was so easy and came naturally to them, and we can think, sit there and think like, oh my gosh, like saint, like holiness, like really be holy, like that's not for me. I'm not, I don't, I'll set up for like average, I can't be holy. And I'd like to just invite us to, to pause for a moment. Um, I'm always, my, one of my favorite people is St. Augustine, what a life. But um, his prayer is sometimes famously quoted, Lord, grant me chastity, but not yet. What an honest prayer of an honest guy who is struggling to live the Christian way, and he is St. Augustine. So there's hope for all of us, right? So. We thought of that, and I appreciate in physics this image that kind of stuck with me uh, of, of a prism. Not a prison, but a prism. That little glass thing that when you shine light through a prism, what happens to it? You see the rainbow, right? It refracts, how to learn that word, refracts the light into all the colors of a rainbow. And so with that image in mind, if it's helpful for me, a saint is simply one who being the man or woman you were called to be and created to be, allow the divine light of God to shine unimpeded through the prism of your humanity and transfigure the world around you. Allowing the divine light to shine unimpeded through the prism of your humanity, you transform the world around you. And it's small, you know, each one of us, we think of, oh my gosh, these great torches, these great huge lights. I love the Easter vigil. You start off at 8 p.m., it's dark outside, and beginning with one small candlelight to another small candlelight to 10 other small candlelights, 20 other candles, little, little tiny lights. They light up the whole church. It's a reminder what God can do through our seemingly small light. It's actually not that insignificant as we might think it is. You are not that insignificant. And God can do a lot with you just being you. I think that's the point. Like, like, be who we're called to be. Be you. There's a saying in theology that grace builds on nature. But be who you are. 
Not the lazy you, not the sinful you, not the greedy you, but forming yourself true to yourself, the way God created you to be. Sometimes we sit there and think, well, I'm so broken. Like, oh my gosh, my sins, my mess, the way I treat my mom or my friends, or I can't forgive my enemies, or all these other things that I might struggle with. I'm so broken, like, I could never let God's light shine through me. Forget it. When I started in Louisiana, I was in Mandeville and had to cross the causeway in the morning, and I would cross at sunrise. Y'all, I actually do get up at sunrise, just for the record. But I crossed the, the causeway at sunrise, and for about two months, my windshield had a crack in the windshield. But when that sunlight shined through the crack in my windshield, what do you think the crack did to the sunlight? It was much brighter. Like, I couldn't see through that part of the windshield. It was so bright. And sometimes I think our brokenness is actually what God can use to make His light shine more bright, not less bright. Our brokenness doesn't always obscure God's grace. More often than not, that's usually where He meets us. But it's true, like, just being who we're called to be, we allow His light to shine unimpeded through that humanity. But one of the struggles we run into is like, well, am I in touch with who I am? Do I know who I am? Do I know where God is calling me? And unfortunately today there's so much noise, there's so many obstacles in the way of discovering who I really am. Underneath all the junk and the brokenness and stuff on the outside, that's difficult. And the noise that we run into is, well, well, what do people think of me? What does my boyfriend think of me? My girlfriend think of me? My friends think of me? My enemies think of me? The, the cool group at school, what they think of me? The co-workers at work, what do they think of me? My boss, my parents, the teacher. That's not the way you figure out who you are. Because they don't know your heart. Well, I've got to be the guy who gets the A in math, and also the A in science, and the A in music, and do well on the football field, and I've got to excel there and be better than everyone else, because that's... That doesn't help you either. So often, in high school and college, the pressure is, is often on the wrong things. And we finish high school and college, and we're like, well, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do with all these talents that I have? What am I going to do? Lord, Father, help me. I don't know what to do. The question is not, what do you do? The question is, who are you first? And on that foundation, it almost flows out naturally what you're called to do what you want to do, because you see who you are. So many of our decisions today are based on fears, anxiety. Like, I do this because I don't want that to happen. I do this because I want so-and-so to think this of me. I'm afraid of that, so I do this. Fear is the wrong way to build. It's the worst way to figure out who I really am. The church challenges us. It gives us so many opportunities to, and tools to help us really see, God, who have you made me? Some of those include, first of all, just being with God before we come to Mass. One of the greatest moments is when you receive Holy Communion. To be still in that intimate embrace with the one who made you. And ask him, ask the artist, why did you make me this way? Why did you give me these talents? Why didn't you give me those talents that my enemy has? Why did you make me this way, not that way? Why did you give me these desires and these struggles? What do you want to do with these longings in my heart? Lord, who am I to you? Silence is a great means, obviously very hard, to be still with no one else looking at me but God. And 
push through the detox phase of that so you can actually just be still with the one who loves you and sees you better than anyone else. Lord, who am I? Confession, by the way, is another great means. Because look, there's a lot of, there's brokenness. There are fractures in the prison. And the Beatitudes, the message of the gospel, like, you can say, like, like, it's weird. The blessed are the poor. Those who are not worried about, I don't know, money or those who are not getting their way, those who are not indulging in a thousand things. I think you can summarize the Beatitudes as, Lord, you know, blessed are those who are detached from so many things that keep us from just being who we are. It's not about how much money I have. It's not about how many likes on Facebook. It's not about whether I get my way or I go through injustice. I'm detached from all those needs. And confession can help me free myself from all those things. Actually, the Beatitudes are a great examination of conscience before confession sometimes. Am I detached from so many things that hinder me being true to who I am, me listening to discover who I am, me pursuing the things that God alone puts on my heart because I'm not absorbed in other pressures. So we have a lot of opportunities to really delve deep into who we really, really are. Sometimes you can picture Jesus Christ himself. He's the great the ultimate life coach. Again, unlike a coach who doesn't know you and might be pushing you to be just like the other player who is not you, or might be going easy on you because he doesn't know what you're capable of, our Lord knows you. And sometimes where maybe you don't push yourself enough, we're kind of slacking and being true to ourselves, you might have the Holy Spirit, the movement of, the, of, of our Lord, the teachings of the church even, challenging us, hey, you can do this. I know who you are, and you're capable of better. Or, when we're hard on ourselves, harsh with ourselves, our Lord might be that voice that says, hey, you know that A that you didn't get in history? You got the B minus? You know I didn't give you the talent for history? A B for you is pretty good. But I stand before him. He's a great life coach because he's the one who knows me best. And the Christian way, the way that our Lord has given us the Catholic faith, it's, I mean, you can sit there and like say, well, there's tons of ideologies and religions out there. But yeah, but this one's got 2,000 years of proven success. That when those who are called to, when all of us, when we live it, again, think of the saints in heaven. Those are amazing models to follow. And they will all be the first to say, I only got here because God helped me and I strove to live the way he taught us. And that's what humanity looks like when it's at its full potential. There's a phrase, I think it's from Fulton Sheen. A lot of times we say that we struggle with the Catholic faith and we might be tempted to say, well, it was tried but found wanting. It wasn't tried and found wanting. Perhaps it was found difficult and left untried. Difficult for our, our fallen nature. But when we do embrace it, the success rate is 100%. The only real tragedy, the only real sadness of a life is to not be a saint. To not be who you're called to be. To sell yourself short, and in selling yourself short, you sell the world short. 
Our Lord has designed it in such a way, and it's kind of like the old Christmas lights, that you know, if, if one's burnt out, the whole chain won't work. It's a little bit like that, that our Lord has hinged us as a family. Not as islands, individualists, but each one kind of depending on the others. And my light shining is important for the sake of my brothers and sisters. And your light shining is important for me. But we don't want to sell ourselves or sell each other short. We are all called to be saints, to be truly holy. Being true to the full image and full potential of what God has called each and every one of us to be. To be the saint that is just you, but fully you. May we allow our Lord's divine light to shine unimpeded through the prism of that humanity and transform the world around us. Amen? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph.